about 12 minutes or so just taking a time to devote our hearts to Jesus. If, if you are not familiar with uh, attending church, uh, first of all, we're really glad that you're here this evening. And one thing that we do, you've noticed in the songs that we've seen, some of them probably familiar to you, you hear them on the radio, but these songs that we sing were written a long time ago because they are all about exalting a baby who was born 2,000 years ago who we know is to be God in the flesh. And one of the things that we do when we gather together is we open God's word and we put ourselves under it and we hear his words and apply it to our heart. And so let's take these next few moments to do that. Uh, let me set the word before us, pray one more time. And we'll jump right into considering what Anna has to say about Jesus. She has just met Jesus, and she says, There was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, and coming up at that very hour... She began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Lord, turn our hearts towards you, tune us to your word, and by your spirit, make yourself famous in this place. We pray in Christ's name, amen. The big idea with what Anna has to say about Jesus is this, Jesus is our redemption, and so worship him. Uh, here in our text, Anna meets baby Jesus in the temple right after Jesus' dedication. So let's linger briefly for a few moments on two words interconnected that she says, or that's describing of the message that she was telling others, waiting and redemption. She was waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Now, I don't know of any person who enjoys waiting. We could take a poll of hands, and I know that you'd be telling a lie. I don't know anyone who likes waiting, and I can guarantee you there's a many people of a certain height in this room right now who are not patiently waiting for what's to come tomorrow. Waiting means something hasn't happened yet, but you expect it to happen. Waiting is only possible with patience. Waiting requires endurance. So waiting also involves a sense of discomfort. I don't know if you've ever considered that before. There is an agitation oftentimes for, to our hearts, right or wrong, that waiting requires patience and endurance, but also requires discomfort, even pain, and an element of suffering at times. Waiting carries a sense of incomplete and wanting it to be complete. We could go through this room and all of you, all of us are waiting in some sense for something. And Anna was waiting. But waiting in the Bible is tied to hope all the time. And God is a God of patience and he calls his people to be a people of patience and a people of, of waiting. And Anna is one of the many examples in scripture of the attitude and posture that you and I are to have in our waiting. She is advanced in years. The text is a bit ambiguous. She's either 84 years old and has been a widow for a very long time, or she's 105 
and has been a widow for 84 years. That's not entirely clear, but either way, this woman, this woman has been a widow for almost all of her life. And the life that the Lord has graced her with, with both a bitter providence and sweet providence, is that she has dedicated herself to worshiping. We do prayer and fasting, and she is waiting. Her heart is set. She has the Bible and reads it, and she's waiting for the redemption of Israel. And so she filled her waiting with worship and singing and fasting and praying. And as she was waiting for the first coming of God's Son, Anna serves as an example for us in that we're in a similar position now of waiting for Jesus' second coming. You see, the Father sent the Son the first time as an incarnate baby, but now the Father will send His Son a second time as a king on a horse to descend in the clouds to bring His people home. And so waiting speaks to redeeming. She's waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem, and this is what redemption speaks to, the return of Jesus, both the first time and the forthcoming second time. The Bible uses a constellation of words to describe our salvation. And they all nuance and flavor and and put a different hue on what God has done for us through Jesus in his life, death, and resurrection. And redemption speaks to us being rescued from horrible circumstances. Horrible circumstances that have come to us and horrible circumstances that we have created for others. Redemption in the Old Testament, the pinnacle portrait of what redemption is in the Old Testament is God's deliverance of Israel in the Exodus from Egypt. And this is the central idea behind Anna's words, or the words about Anna, that she was waiting for the redemption in Jerusalem. God's redemption of them back then of Israel, liberated them from tyranny and slavery. But God's redemption also brought them near as God's chosen people into God's promised land. Listen to this. In redemption, in the Bible, when God is redeeming, for God to redeem, to be the redeemer, God crushes the bad so he can give the good. That's what God does in redemption. God crushes the bad so he can give the good, and that's what Anna was waiting for, both in her own heart, aware of her own sin and fallenness, and also what she saw plaguing her world and more. You see, the hope of the Old Testament was another promise, another promise of redemption, a second redemption. Read through Isaiah to Malachi, and all the prophets prophesy that a second exodus needs to happen and will happen through a figure called the Messiah or the Christ. And that God's people are not just in slavery to um, political tyranny. God's people are in slavery to the sins of their own hearts. And this second exodus that the Bible promises that people would be rescued from themselves and God's wrath against their sin against him. That God would redeem his people. God would do for his people what they couldn't do for themselves. He did it for them when they were in Egypt. And he has promised to do it again. To save them from his judgment and sin. And here was cause for Anna's rejoicing. 
do you remember, if you've, if you've read the book of Exodus before, in those first three chapters, we know that terrible things were happening to the people, and they cried out for God's deliverance from under the boot and whip of Pharaoh. And do you know how God answered that prayer? Do you remember? A baby boy. A baby boy was God's answer, and his name was Moses. That was God's answer, and Moses was God's instrument of redemption, crushing the bad so God can give the good. And in our text, Anna looked upon the redemption that she was waiting for, another baby boy, baby Jesus. Whether she saw Jesus from afar or she held him in her arms, we don't know. But Anna waited her whole life waiting upon God to answer his own promises that he gives to you and me and all of his people. Anna waited her whole life for the redemption of her sins and for the kingdom of God to break into human history and to begin to set things straight. And Jesus, our Redeemer, is that answer. Jesus has come. And like Moses, Jesus was born as a helpless babe. He grew to live a perfect, sinless life on our behalf, fully loving, pleasing, obeying God the Father. Then Jesus went to the cross, not for sins that he committed, but the sins that we committed, so that by faith in him, his perfect life can be credited to us and our sinful lives credited to him. And it's proven in that Jesus rose from the grave. He didn't stay dead. He got up, folded his clothes, pleased his mom by doing that, and got out of the tomb. Jesus got up. And friend, what you need to hear, what we all need to be reminded of on this Christmas Eve with all the trappings that we so enjoy, pulling our heartstrings both with happiness and sorrow, it's about redemption. And not losing sight that the gifts that we give to each other are because that God has already given the greatest gift there is, His Son Jesus. God loved us first so we might love Him in return. And what we all need to be reminded of, and if you're here and this is new information to you, friend, I have this to tell you. The only way that you can be delivered from your sin, delivered from your guilt, delivered from your shame, no person or thing, no ideology or anything in all creation can take those away other than the blood of Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus and you will be saved. You will receive the consolation of Israel, which we'll hear about tomorrow with what Simeon says of Jesus. And the redemption that Jesus, the Redeemer, provides is yours as a gift. So brothers and sisters, those of us who have received this gift, let's be reminded, not dulled, but reminded with all that's going on in this season that God has done for us what we would never and could never do for ourselves in the gift of his own son. Anna waited. Anna looked forward to what we see from this side of the cross, an empty tomb, the Redeemer Jesus. And like Anna, we are to worship as we wait across our whole lifetime until Christ returns or brings us home for our final complete redemption. So friends, Christmas is about longing. It's about waiting. It's about fulfilled hope. 
It's about redemption. Christmas and the birth of Jesus point to what God has already done in the past and what he will most assuredly do, bet your whole life eternally on it in the future. God is going to send his son again, finally, fully, and forever. So for all of us, let's turn to Jesus. Bow the knee to him and swear allegiance to him and renounce our sins and embrace the forgiveness that his blood gives. Let us believe in him and worship. Church, hear Psalm 27, 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Amen? Lord, we, we wait. We look backwards with faith at the cross and empty tomb, and we look forward with faith to the return of Jesus. And until then, Lord, let us be found faithful, busy about our master's business, making disciples of Jesus and shining his lights in this world. We pray in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen. Friends, let's sing some more.